Radio Tallahassee. This is the Gospel on the Radio talk show. I am Pastor Jack King. I'm your host, and I'm always excited to be with you on a Sunday morning here on WTSM 97.9, your sports monster. But on Sunday mornings from 7 to 8, we talk about dreams and visions and a church triumphant, alive and well. We just talk about the church and what God is doing in his glorious kingdom. This is show number 957 today. We do have a few rules. We don't talk sports. We don't talk politics. We don't talk doctrine. But we do always speak well of one another. And that has served us very, very well over all these years. Now, I'm excited today to have some missionaries in the studio with me. This is Mike and Pam Lombard. They serve in Trinidad, the School of Global Leadership. And uh, just uh, so the radio audience will know, I've known these folks for several years, but I haven't known them well. And they've been at our church over the weekend here, and so we've kind of gotten a chance to get a little bit reacquainted and hear a little bit about their ministry. I was there at a planning meeting when all this was being uh, discussed and launched, and now it's been 10 years they've been in Trinidad. So, Brother Mike, let's just start with you. Welcome to the show, and uh, just greet the folks. Thank you. It's good to be here this morning, and it's good to be on your show. Well, we are uh, going to find out some fascinating things about the the work of the ministry of, of Trinidad. Uh, just from talking to you over the weekend, since you, we've, you all have been here, what you went to do, you're doing, but you found out there was much more to do. Am, am I right about that? Sure. We... We never fully know what God's doing. Usually he opens a door, he lights the steps right in front of us, but we never fully understand what he has in mind. And that's very typical of what's happened with us also. What I always say whenever God calls you to do something and you and you respond to it and you do it, you always find out it was more fun than you ever thought it could be. Has that been your experience? Absolutely. I tell people that Mike and I are different versions of ourselves, better versions of ourselves. Ten years later, after after having been in Trinidad all this time, right. it's been uh, it's been amazing. And uh, we do train missionaries. That's why we were sent there. But God has just opened up some amazing other doors of ministry as well, and we're just thrilled with all that He's doing. Now, one of the things that we're always interested to find out here on the Gospel on the Radio Talk Show is how things came about. Now, uh, just so the radio audience know, you all were, were pastors for, for many years before you uh, responded to the call to go to the mission field. Mm-hmm. So how did this happen? The, the two pastors, you've lived in America all these years, and now you find yourself on foreign soil. How did that come about? Well, we enjoyed being pastors, uh-huh. and so we didn't have... And we didn't have an intention to go to other countries other than to visit or missions trips. And we had a real heart for missions and missionaries, but it wasn't our intention to, to volunteer. And my wife would say that that we were invited to lunch, and she's always wary when people take us to lunch and they're going to pay because something's up. <laughs> And so uh, that's a good tip. Amen. And so the idea was that we would train train people on the job as missionaries, some academics, but hands on in another country. And so we're giving them experience, giving them a more than just a a, a one week missions trip. And so that's what we began with. We developed the ideas of what we were going to do, how we were going to train it, and then things have just developed from there. Camina, you all were, were pastoring a church, 
and then someday, all of a sudden, this just happened, or is this something God had been speaking to you all before then? Did you have any inclination that God might be calling you to missions? Well, we always have had a ministry with the 20 and 30-year-old crowd. Uh, No matter how old we were along the way, uh, having time with young adults, raising up leaders Mm -hmm. from that age group. So we were, uh, and we started um, major ministries in uh, Des Moines. We we started Des Moines Dream Center. We also had a, a discipleship a program called Master's Commission in our church. And so we were raising up leaders and we were really doing a lot of what we're now doing in Trinidad, only it's on a global scale. So I think that that was seen by certain people. And so that's why they considered, could we do that? Could we raise up leaders in another country mm-hmm. to go to the world rather than just going to their now, city? Now, you said we. So you said we considered that you all might be available. Who was we? Well, our our boss uh, here in the U.S. <laughs> okay. of A. is Vince McCarty, okay. uh, who heads up Global Missions for Open Bible Churches. Okay. And uh, he, uh, we were pastoring in Des Moines. That's also where Open Bible Headquarters right. is. Or, okay. Yeah, national office and so anyway he like mike said he invited us to lunch one day and uh i loved the concept i mean we're teachers we're speakers we love to equip i didn't like the idea of moving to another country right away that took me a while to adjust to that idea partly because we had just had our first grandchild and okay. uh so it was uh it was definitely not uh, an easy choice right. for me, but yeah. I let God work me over See, it. And I know a little of this story yes. because I'm just so the radio audience will know the Open Bible Churches is the organization I'm also involved in. I pastor a local Open Bible Church here. Vince McCart is a friend of mine, and uh, he shared this with me. And basically, and if I understand this correctly, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, there, he had called together a group of leaders in the Open Bible movement and said, "Hey, if you could dream, what would it be?" And this is kind of what they came up with. Am I, am I right so far? Sure. The, the desire was to find a way to fast-track people toward missions. Right, right. Because in, in church-based uh, denominational missions, you go to Bible college and then maybe language school. So you're looking four, six years or longer before you can get to a missions field. So right. Is there a way we can do something and get people there faster. Maybe they can take classes as they go. Is there something we can do? Right. Parachurch Missions does that. Mm-hmm. And so is there a way to take the best of parachurch missions and denominational right. missions right. and kind of blend So, so basically, he had this concept that he had gotten from the, just listening to, to the young leaders. Okay. So now he wants to put a name and a face <laughs> on this brand new idea. And then... Here comes Mike and Pam. So, in yes. your conversation when you went to dinner with him, did he say why? Of course, because he chose you. It's because of what you've described the things Partly that you was already because done. he already saw that we were raising up leaders, uh-huh. and this was going to be a an equipping type of school, right? And so he just. You know, I mean, I hope that God just spoke to him one day. Sure. I don't really know exactly how. Uh, I think he had asked uh, someone else, and it didn't work out. Maybe, and then I think that he we came to his mind. Right. <laughs> yeah, he had he had discussed uh, the idea of having someone younger, someone in their early twenties. Okay. And someone mentioned our name, and as soon as it was mentioned, he thought that's a that's right. a real possibility. But now, previous to this, you all had not thought about becoming a missionary. 
Absolutely not. <laughs> so this is a, a brand new idea that's just yeah. been dropped in on you. Yeah. You're you're pastoring a church, you're you you've worked through some things in the church and your church is going well and you're happy being there and this whole thing had not ever occurred to you before. You know, from the time I was young, I've had a heart for the world. Okay. It started it started when I was real young and my parents got a, a world map, put it on the wall of my bedroom, and I began Every, they wanted me to learn geography, uh-huh. and I knew where my family members lived, and so I would pray for them every night, and I kind of went from one side to the other, and then I started knowing some missionaries, so I would pray for them, and I actually started praying around the world, okay. and just kept adding a few along the way. So, and then God, I, God was laying groundwork with yeah. it. <laughs> yes, it was. And then there was a missionary that came and, uh, and laid out on the, the altar a 25-foot snakeskin. Oh my! And I'm telling you, he had my attention. From that moment on, I heard everything he said. And then another missionary came, and I had a, a paper route at that time. And as a kid, I committed to give $5 a month to missions. And I was just a kid. And so there's been something right. there. So the stirring was there. The stirring yeah, was there, yeah. and the idea uh, of traveling to other countries, right. missions trips, things. I liked that. I'd never thought of myself as being a full-time missionary. But the idea of missions and touching the world was clearly something. So, so after the conversation with Brother McCartney, how long was it before the two of you came to the realization that this is God, God speaking to us to do this? Well, we, we, I think we, Mike knew as he was walking out of the restaurant yeah, we, that we have, day. We have different answers to <laughs> yes, that question. Yes, very much different answers. Um, I, I, you know, we've been married, we'll be married 42 years this year. And so uh, I was sitting there and we were asking questions, having a good conversation. And Mike was, I just knew he already had us moved to Trinidad. And then when we got home, we still had a 15-year-old daughter at home. And we told her what the lunch date was about. And she said, well, you know we're going. Well, then I was even more upset. It was like I felt outnumbered. But I have to tell you something very special about my story in this regard. Because um, I don't have the same story as Mike. God didn't start working on me about missions as a little girl. I really came out of a very dysfunctional home, uh, out of... uh, My mother, through my teen years, was an alcoholic, and I had a lot of dysfunction. And uh, those who mentored me uh, when I started going to church really drove me to the Word and the importance of reading the Word and knowing the Word. And when I found Psalm 139... Uh, I realized that even though people had walked away from me, that there was a God who knew me so well that He knew when I got up in the morning and when I laid down at night. That uh, Psalm 139 says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And so as I got acquainted with this this chapter of the Bible, I realized that God really saw me. So that was at 17 years old. Then he called me into ministry, and I ended up going to Bible college and, like you said, 30 years pastoring churches in the U.S. This There was eight months after this lunch date asking us to go to Trinidad that I struggled, and God was very patient with me. He, he and I talked many times because I didn't know how to leave my granddaughter. And uh, I, my heart was just so wrapped around her. I didn't know how to leave her. And I was sitting having time in the Word again uh, one morning. No one else was home. And I went back to Psalm 139 because it always comforted me. And I'm reading Psalm 139 again for the very first time. And I get to verses 10 and 11 
and it said, even if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will hold me fast. And I just broke out and sobbed. And I said to the Lord, you have known all along. You've been writing my story since I was 17 (laughs) years old. Because Psalm 139, my husband can tell you, I could talk about it, teach on it. If if I was sitting there and, and someone didn't show up to, to speak and they said, does someone have anything they could get up and talk about? I could get up and talk about Psalm 139 anytime. God knows who you are. He knows why you are. And he knows where you are. And here I am reading it again. And I read that verse and I knew. I said, you, you knew about Trinidad when I was 17 wow. years old. Wow. So that was one of the defining moments for me. That I knew, okay, Lord, and I was able to start releasing my heart and saying yes to him about this major move. Oh, yeah. And, of course, 10 years later, I can't even imagine not being in Trinidad. uh, Brother Mike, was she right about when you walked out of the restaurant and you were ready to go? Sure, but (laughs) I had my own challenges. Uh But when I'm sitting there listening, I knew this was what God was going to say. But my challenges were... How is it going to happen? Uh-huh. How do I get from here to there? And in my mind, I saw all of the obstacles in the way. You know, everything from finances to sure. everything else. Sure. And the time that this was being discussed was really uh, 2008, about the time the economy crashed. The worst time to start yes. something new, to raise money. And so, I'm sitting there saying, I don't know how it's possible, even though I know this is what God's saying. Uh-huh. And I think there's probably some people listening at home who God has put dreams and visions in their heart, and yet they don't know how it can happen. Right. And I think that can be yep. very, uh, that can really sidetrack us. It can cause sure, us to be absolutely. stuck. And so I think we have to go back and say, if God is speaking something, if he's put a vision there, then we have to let him walk it out. Yeah. And so we started to see him unwind things in our life, started to move things, and suddenly one piece at a time started coming together. And there was a place that I had to give all of those uncertainties to the Lord mm-hmm. to be willing to take one step at right. a time. Yeah. Now, you mentioned eight months. Yeah. So, what was happening in in uh, the headquarters during that period of time with Brother Vince? I mean, he's, he's got this thing. He's, he's trying to launch it. Still, it doesn't have a, a, a name and a face yet. He was he was very patient. Yes, he, said, he was. He and said, we were pastoring a church. He knew that it was going to take a while yeah. for us to be able to unwind. Uh, we were involved in a lot of city things. Uh, so, it wasn't a simple matter to just – there was no way we could leave in a week or a month. And so mm-hmm. – and God knew that. Right. He knew that I needed that time as well. So, yes, he so was So, this was 2008 when Brother Vance first spoke to you. What year did you actually land in Trinidad? Well, we we resigned our church in 2009. Okay. And then about a year later, it was July of 2010. So because we traveled for a year to raise money. So, about we two went. years mm-hmm. in, in this process. Yes. A year and a half, something. Yeah. Like that. yeah. And, uh, and I, I look at all this and I say, well, here's the hand of God. God often speaks way ahead. Yes. I've had people on this radio show many, many times that God spoke to them 20 years before what happened, mm-hmm. happened. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if you all know a lady named Frankie Johnson that was out of the Clearwater Church down in uh, St. Peter's in that area. She has prison ministry. And she goes all over taking teams into prisons. God spoke to her 10 years before the whole thing happened. Now, you can read about it in my book. 
<laughs> I gave them a copy of the book. <laughs> so, but and, and you can contact Pastor Jack and get a copy. That, of that's book. exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, it God often does that. Uh, speaks to you. I mean, you all mentioned earlier about the the youth because they were sitting looking at one of my camp brochures, mm-hmm. and then I was the regional youth director for thirty years in the Open Bible Church of Southeast Region, but. Way before I resigned that job, God spoke to me about starting this new ministry, and, and but it wasn't time yet. But he just dropped it in my spirit, and then when it was time for me to move out of that row, God had this for me to do. And that happens a lot of Absolutely. times. Absolutely, Patience. Yes. <laughs> oh, that word. Yes. <laughs> and uh, a lot of times. So... So now you're you're at that point. You both have responded. You say, "Okay, this is God. You're you're ready to do this now." But of course, we know there's steps and process. And you talked about resigning your church. That's always a painful thing to do. Yes, and, it was. Uh, and then you're having to to fundraise. Okay. So how did you manage to make ends meet? You got a year here before you're fixing to go. Uh, and of course, you're you're in your position as Open Bible missionaries. Fundraising is a big part of what you do. Let me back up and just say one thing. Um, What I found was our boss, Vince McCarty, he felt God had spoken to him that we were the ones. So he was very patient. And I really believe that when we hear God speaking to us, we often evaluate whether it's God or not based on the circumstances. And the circumstances never are a good indicator. Mm. So we need to learn how to hear his voice. That's a good word. <laughs> because Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. Right. And so what I had to do was, knowing what God said, I had to trust him with the uncertainty. And so with that uncertainty, I had to take a step at a time learning to trust him. And I think now we're at a place that we, we say, we never would want it to take this long again. Yeah, that was so a we, big lesson. We want to be able to be at the place we can respond quickly when God tells us something. And so that's even things we're trying to walk out now. Right, right. And the thing about it is that everything wasn't quite fully defined to you exactly, exactly. what you could be. Because like I said, I was there in that meeting, and right. I, I, it's been, what, uh, 10 years at least. So I don't remember everything about it, but I right. remember there was a lot of discussion about exactly What's this going to look like? What are we going to do when we get there? And, and a lot of that was just left open. Well, know? we were given a, a lot of permission. Uh, I would say Vince was very permission-giving to us. Okay. Uh, certainly he had an idea, but uh, he really trusted us. Uh, we started searching out uh, in training missionaries what type of academics would be involved and what would we use to train them academically. And, of course, there was a lot of hands-on ministry that has developed through the years. But uh, so – you know, we, little by little, uh, we had to really develop the infrastructure of what this whole ministry was going to look like. And like you mentioned, uh, we, we started with that. We still do that, but we do many other things now. But we still do train missionaries, and we take them through academics, uh, some very simple language acquisition. They get to pick a language and work on that. So we have about three days out of the week that there are certain hours set aside for training, and then the rest of the week is just go out and do it. Now, I remember that meeting, there was a specific reason why they chose Trinidad. Now, we have missions oh, yes. We have missions all over the world in the yes. Bible. Do you remember what that was? Well, Absolutely. The, the biggest reason was because Trinidad was a mission field that had turned around and was now sending out missionaries. Right, right. And that was the basis of it. 
There was also a side thing because they were looking for a new way to raise up some people of their own. But we have not understanding at the time, but God has placed us in a very strategic place. It's very Mm -hmm. cross-cultural, multi-ethnic, multi-religious, and so we get this cross-cultural training while we're at it, small churches, large churches. And and as far as Open Bible is concerned, it was a very mature mission area. Absolutely. We'd had missionaries for years, Yes, had very established churches, uh, strong pastors who were there as as a part of it. It it was a great place. Well, it's really a a missionary success story because the missionaries that went uh, way back uh, in 1950s or 1950s or earlier, uh, they went and they discipled. Mm -hmm. Well, obviously, people came to Jesus, they discipled, and some of those very disciples are now pastors of the churches that are in Trinidad. So, they really did it well. There was was good, solid foundation. And uh, so, now we have 100 churches now in Trinidad and Tobago, and Mike and I are blessed to be able... 100 churches. 100 churches. Wow. And so, we are blessed to... We realized that a lot of the hard work was done by the missionaries yeah. that first went. And we have Trinidadian pastors here in America. Yes, we do. Here in America. Yes. Yeah. 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 But uh, yeah, it was a great place to, to launch Absolutely. this. So you all had, had you'd come to uh, this place, got it done, the work in your heart, you're ready to go, you've, you've done your itinerary and you've, you've raised the funds and now it's ready to go. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm assuming you flew there. Yes. Okay. Had you been there? Did, did, did you go do some preliminary thing we, a couple of times and then before? We, you, we went once for about a week. Okay. Just yeah. so we could meet with people and get an idea. Now, one of the things when we launched Piante uh, de Amistad, if I probably, in, in uh, Mexico. Puente, Puente yeah, de Puente, Amistad. Puente, mm-hmm. Bridge of Friendship. Sure. We didn't know where in Tijuana to put it. Mm-hmm. And, and YWAM, uh, Youth with a Mission, mm-hmm. they said to us, they said, don't go buy anything right now. Rent so that you can get an idea of, of the city and know eventually where you want to locate, which is good advice we did. Was that kind of the same thing in Trinidad, to know exactly where you needed to be? Well, it's changed a little bit over the years, but um, when we first started having the classroom time, there was a room uh, at the Open Bible National uh, headquarters that they let us use, okay. but we ended up living uh, far enough away that it, uh, in Trinidad they say, "Well, how long does it take to get somewhere?" And we say, "Well, what time of day? Where are you going?" Because it can take you a very long time to travel because the roads are, you know, windy and uh, in some cases bumpy, and uh, unless you're on the highway, so. Uh, we have transitioned into having classes actually at our house okay. uh, so that we don't waste so much time on the road. Okay. Uh, and so those three days we stay, we have you know tables and chairs and set up. And if someone is coming to actually be trained as a long-term missionary, then uh, like I said, those three days we have the academics right there so and that we can save the so time. So did you all rent or did, you, did we purchase? No, we're renting. We're renting. Renting. So you have a big enough house. We have we have two houses a house on top of a house plus another room that's been built so we uh we have seven bedrooms with what we call um most of them have double deckers which are like bunk beds okay uh, that's a british term and uh 
and so they're all we, self-contained. Self-contained. With, yeah, shower and wash. So yes. if, if a team comes, how many can you accommodate at one time? Well, we've had thirty. Uh, that's okay. a that's a lot to have at one time. But we've had groups okay. anywhere from five to fifteen, twenty people at one time. You know, have you all? Uh, I know you've had a lot of open Bible people come. Mm-hmm. Do you have people from other organizations? Absolutely. And, sure. Now, are you open to having people contact you? Absolutely. Sure. Okay. Yeah, they they can go to our website, uh, okay. which is you S- want to give that yeah, out? Yeah. SGL Trinidad.com. Yes. SGL, which is School of Global Leadership. Okay. SGL Trinidad.com. And there's a place on our website that says contact, and they can just send us an email, and we're happy to talk to them. Now, and you're talking about here, if somebody, first off, they want to just come and just bring a mission team and do yes. mission work. Absolutely. But the training, are you open to anybody? Sure. Yes. On the website, there's, there's a tab you can look at, which is for um, missions trips. And there's another one for training. Okay. And there's different options, and they can look at that. And so if if they came, you're going to provide lodging for them? Yes. And, yeah. and food? Yes. But there's a fee? Yes. Okay. So basically, you got to have the fee plus your air... Air travel. Yeah, yeah. Once you get to Trinidad, we have a we have a tuition fee or a fee for missions teams, and whatever they pay for that, depending on how many days they're coming for, it covers everything once they set foot in Trinidad, uh, other than their plane ticket. How many days of the week or, or the year are you all actually having people in your home? Is that pretty constant? Or <laughs> it is pretty. It feels constant to me. <laughs> well, um, th- this year, from about the first of May to December, is that right? Uh, we'll have most of the time. We'll have probably two or three weeks in August that we won't have anyone and maybe a week or two in September but wow. it's going to be pretty nonstop. Yeah, and we have teams come we may we're going to have students at the same time that teams come and part of their training is learning how to host people because when you're a missionary right, right. around the world and you have people come to you you need to know how to host them so that's even part of their training now do you have a team there that helps y'all do all this stuff we have people that do different things and we're really at a place that if we need transportation, we uh, rent vehicles or drivers. And so people help us with that. And we're working on some other areas, right? you know, for assistance. Yeah, we have people that get the rooms ready for us now uh, when teams are coming and uh, come in behind teams and get them ready for the next team. We have some people that help us a little bit with cooking. We do primarily in our house feed them American food, but then we'll have Trinidadians bring Trini food in and give them experience. Now, the the fees that people pay, does that help to defray all the expenses to be able to, to do what you do? I mean, because you, you, you have to be supported. Yeah, it's it's not going to cover our support, uh-huh. but it should cover their expenses. But but all the support that you all have mm-hmm. are, are is, is coming from people who are do- donating. It's yeah. coming from churches, from people, right. individuals, from businesses, yeah. from, uh, you know, People we meet along the way, some mostly open Bible, but certainly we have people outside of open well, I know Bible. It, it used to be, and I know things have changed a lot in missions and open Bible. There was a time when we would have what we call the professional missionaries that would actually receive a salary from uh, the, the what was that, uh, WE World Evangelism. They used to come in, the churches used to support. But I think, if I'm right, they've gotten kind of away from that to where. Yeah, it's the. We raise our own support. Right. Every missionary does. Okay. However, uh, what they do for the global missions is they do give us a salary, and so we're responsible. So that levels it out. So if you have one low month, you don't get a low salary. Okay. 
but you just got to make that up. You got to raise that. It's all got to be replenished. So, yes. so if somebody listening here today, even though you're, they're not open Bible, but they, they, they hear your heart, they see what you're doing, they value what you're doing, and they want to invest, mm-hmm. how would they direct the funds? Well, on our website, there's a place for giving. And so it's really easy online giving. There's also an address on our website for those. Of course, I guess if they're already there, they can, they're on a computer. And there's a physical address for people who, uh, who want to mail money in. Right, right. And that's 2020 Bell Avenue. Okay. If they're, if you're in the Tallahassee area, you can just contact Contact Pastor Pastor Jack. Always. And always tell the radio engineer. Any guests that I have here, sometimes people are driving, they don't get all the information, and they do that from time. They just call me. So you'll have the information if someone wants to mail, but five six seven one seven zero three. People say, Do you give out your cell phone number? I say, I do it all the time. And uh, hadn't really had any problems with that at all. And I and I would welcome anybody to any any guest that I've ever had on the show. And like I say, from time to time people do, they want to know about it. But again, the website, give it that again. SGL-Trinidad.com. SGL-Trinidad.com. Lowercase. We, we need to do that several times during the show sure. so people can, no can know how to get in touch with it. But if you want to be a, a supporter or a one-time, so, so to send one-time support, I'm sure they'd be happy mm-hmm. to do that because these these folks, you know, and I, we do, we do this just about every Sunday as far as letting people know information. People make up their own mind about it. Sometimes I'll have a guest on the show and it'll just, it'll just hit somebody. The more that I got to be a part of that. And others, maybe not so much. But I will tell you, radio audience, and you know I love you, I've known these folks and I know their heart. And, uh, and they have great children too. I'll tell you, their children are in the ministry. Uh, they're, they're good people. <laughs> and so uh, you won't go wrong in investing in what they're doing out there. Um, Ten years now, mm-hmm. you've been on the mission field. <laughs> you've, you've had your mumps and bruises, haven't you? Yes, we yes, have. Yes, I am Pastor Jack King. It's good to be with you on WTSM 97.9, your sports monster, where Sunday mornings from 7 to 8, we talk about dreams and visions and a church triumphant, alive and well. I also want to tell you that we podcast these shows. If you go to pa- the podcast, type in Pastor Jack King, Tallahassee, it'll come up and there's a whole bunch of talk shows and a daily broadcast there. This is show number 957. If you want to listen to it again, it's also going to go on Facebook after we air the show this morning, so you can check it out there as well. And uh, the thing is, is that uh, this way it goes on forever. You can listen to, to a great show, listen to these great guests today. I do want to invite you to church. I'm the pastor of Freedom Road Christian Ministry, 720 Capital Circle Northeast. We're in the uh, Crescent Park Plaza. We're between Easterwood Drive and Park Avenue. If you're heading down uh, Capital Circle, look for us on the right-hand side of the road. You'll see our sign out there on Sunday morning. Also, the Saturday Night Gospel Sing, if you like Southern Gospel music, and you know I do. Uh, 7 o'clock, 94.1 on your radio dial, a full hour of Southern Gospel music, the Saturday Night Gospel Sing. And my good friends Robin and Jim, Triple A Constant Comfort, they've been helping me do this show since I started in 2002. They do heating and air conditioning. We appreciate them an awful lot. 893-9566. If you need a new unit, they got that, or repair the old one. The Robin and Jim, Triple A Constant Comfort. Mike and Pam Lombard, the School of Global Leadership in uh, Trinidad, and uh, they're folks who pastored here in the United States for many, many years. So they're uh, part of the Open Bible Churches, which is the same organization that I'm a part of. So you uh, land in Trinidad. You've uh, heard the call. God's brought you there. What was that first day like? I think Pam would cut, probably give us a pretty good description. Mm-hmm. I want to hear your heart. What do you think? When you, oh, no, what have we done here? <laughs> well, I think the 
first thing I felt was the heat as I stepped uh, yes, out yes. of the airport into yes. uh, Trinidad. And I never thought I could really handle that kind of heat. And I really believe that when God asks you to do something, He pours His grace all over you for what He's <laughs> asked you to do. And I don't even think about the heat. Now, thank God that uh, Trinidad today is much different than it was when uh, missionaries went many, many years ago. We do have air conditioning in our house, and most <laughs> places do. Occasionally, we still minister in churches that do not have air conditioning, uh, and you just do what you got to do. Right. But uh, So, I think the heat at first hit me, and I thought, oh my goodness. And it's between 70 and 90 degrees Fahrenheit all year round. So, we have, have wonderful weather for those who think they would like to come. And... There was just a lot of adjustment. Uh-huh. Uh, you're adjusting to different weather. You're adjusting to we uh, driving on the other side of the road, yes. not the wrong side. We, right. we, we said that one time. Yes, and they'll correct that you on that. Only, yes, they only will. Time. Um, <laughs> and, and honestly, in, within the first two months of being in Trinidad, we thought we were going to die more than once because we thought these cars are coming straight at us, but then they would turn like they're supposed to turn. So there was a lot of adjustment to driving on the other side of the road. Also... We're so used to, in the United States of America, having everything at our fingertips. Uh You know, we go into Walmart and pick up anything we want, or Target, or the grocery store has all kinds of options. It's not that way in other places in the world. Right. And so, we're living on an island. Everything gets flown in or shipped in. So, uh, there was one time... We actually wanted to get some sour cream. Uh, You can't get tacos in Trinidad, because that's just not usually the kind of food you're looking for in Trinidad. But we would make them at home. And I wanted sour cream on my taco. Uh-huh. And we it took us five weeks to find sour cream. <laughs> five wow. weeks. Uh-huh. So you have to, uh, you adjust to lots of things. Yeah. You adjust to not being able to just go to a store and find everything you're looking for. Uh, you're learning to drive on the other side of the road. Of course, you're also learning to use a different currency. And so when we first went, uh, the the... The exchange rate was six to one, and so we were always dividing, you know, in our head everywhere we went. Now we don't even think about it. Uh-huh. So there's a lot of adjustments to moving sure, into another sure. country. Yeah. And even though they spoke English, there's a Trini slang that is hard to understand when Trinis are talking to each other. And, of course, it's uh, they were uh, a colony of Britain. So there's a lot of British words and terminology uh-huh. that's used. So there was still a, a, a learning curve, even in the area of language, even though we didn't have to learn a new language. Right. So, Mike, what about you? What was that first day like? Well, we started driving one of the, almost the first day. And so it was something people ask, how long did it take to learn how to drive? Well, it was almost immediately because if you don't, you die. <laughs> and And... It's different than a missions trip. A missions trip is an adventure. Right. But here, you have to learn everything. Sure. Every single thing from shopping. We're not to, going home in two weeks, no. right? <laughs> right. And I, I, I remember I went to buy a cell phone my first day. And I had had a cell phone for years, but I didn't have their cell phones, nor did I, was I familiar with their systems. And and so it was prepaid. So I went in, I asked, they took me to the mall, dropped me off, said to go into this particular store, find the phone, no problem, I can do this. And the lady says, you're going to have to have a top-up. A top-up. A top-up. Okay. I had no clue what a top-up was. <laughs> I said, well, what is that? And she says, well, you have to put money on your phone. I said, okay. How much should I put on? 
And she said, $100 in Trinidad dollars. I said, okay. And so when I, I pay for everything, then she hands me the phone in a sack and this slip of paper. And she says, put this on the phone. And I'm a pretty smart guy. <laughs> but it took me two days to figure out how to do it. There's a particular code and there's a way you put it on in a sequence. It took me two days to figure it out. <laughs> And so, Trinidad- two very frustrating days. Yeah. Trinidadians laugh about that, right. but it's just that you know you have to learn how yeah. things are, and, in and, your and that's just one thing. Yeah, oh, I mean, you, you have you have just all, all kinds of things Every, like that you've yeah. got to learn. Everything yeah. is different. Yeah. Now, was there ever a moment of doubt after you got there? Was there ever a moment that hey, we made a mistake here? I don't think that. No, I think I think we realized that this was going to be a lot of work, that we were starting something Uh from scratch. Uh, I do remember two months in coming home and... uh uh, now, we also had our 15-year-old daughter with us, so she lived in Trinidad for three years with us. Okay. So we also had to be thinking about her and how was she doing as well. Right. So it wasn't just Mike and I thinking about ourselves. But we came home one day, uh, and we just collapsed in the living room. And we looked at each other, and we said, why are we so tired? Like, <laughs> What have we really done today? Well, we were driving on the other right. side of the so road. I'm tired just listening to you. Yes. <laughs> so we started going through. Well, we were driving on the other side of the road, spending currency we've never used before, going into stores we're not familiar with, and we started listing all these things. And it does pull at you, sure. and it wears Absolutely. at your emotions yeah. and even physically. So we tell people now is when we train missionaries, you have to find your new normal as quickly as possible. Uh-huh. And we, we talked to uh, up-and-coming missionaries about what does that look like and what kind of things can you do. So we actually help people adjust to the culture now. Uh, but we had to do it the hard way. You know, we just had to sure. figure it out. <laughs> right. And now we actually train people and help yeah. them. So now in the realm of ministry, what was the first thing that you did as far as, okay, we, we're going to start this ministry here. What was the first step? Do you remember that? Yeah. By the time that we left, there was already a team that was going to come a couple months later. Okay. And so we had to begin finding where is a place that they can stay, where is a place that we can have classes. Now, what we do is not bound to a building. Uh, It's very portable. We can go anywhere because we are the trainers. We can take the curriculum with us. And so... We don't know Trinidad, and so we are searching to find locations, places right. they can stay. But where did you stay initially when you first arrived? Uh, there was a uh, there was a house that was rented for us. Okay, so that had already, had already been done for thirty yes. for, 30 for thirty days. days. Okay, and you know, it was pretty expensive, but we had a place. Right, and then we began that process of looking for another place for us that we could be more long term, and finding a place for people to come. And it wasn't anywhere close to each other. And then putting things in place for people that are coming and is all the details. So, so a lot of the initial stuff was, was prep work, finding places, facilities, Absolutely. things that you, you – you would do these type of things in America. So you weren't unfamiliar with the process of going and trying to find places to rent and, and this type of thing. But then again, you're dealing with a different culture. Absolutely. Well, but in addition to that, we don't know anything. We don't know what stores to go to. So we have to discover what stores sell these items. If we want this, where do we go? Uh, And we're all the time, we're learning how to drive. We're learning how to shop for ourselves. And so it's just one thing piled on top of the other. It was a lot at first. And we did have some wonderful Trinidadians. 
we call uh, in missions we use the terminology having a cultural interpreter someone you can trust that you ask all the questions and we had a couple of wonderful people uh, when we got to Trinidad that we could ask is this okay to do is is this a good part of town is this uh, where do we go shop for this and so we did have some wonderful people who came alongside us but uh, definitely a large learning curve now you mentioned a mall they, they, so they actually have a mall. Is it, Several. Yeah. Okay, is it kind of like what we would ex- experience here? Yeah, there, there's places like that. Trinidad is a developing country, and they had an oil industry that was really big, and so they, money came in to Trinidad. And so you find a lot of stores okay. and things. Now, do you have a lot of American influence as far as the, Absolutely. the, the products you'd find here? Would you find a lot of that there? Or? Well, maybe not a lot of it, but you, there are, you can get some U.S. things. Now, it's very expensive to purchase something from the U.S. So, as a missionary, when you're living in another country, you really have to learn to, uh, to find things that aren't necessarily from okay. the country of origin. But would you find the McDonald's and Burger King and yes. that type of thing? Yes. Now, what is the diet of Trinidad? What is the, the staple? Is it I rice? I say carbs, carbs, and more carbs. <laughs> if, if you look if you look traditionally Trinidadian food, you're going to have a lot of East Indian influence okay. because, I don't know, maybe in the range of 45% have an East Indian heritage about 45% have an African heritage. So both of those heritage influence culture and food and music and everything. And so there's a lot of things that would have curry. Uh, We learned right away how to eat with our hands. Uh, No one explained this to us. We're in a meeting with a bunch of pastors and our meal is there, but there's no tableware, no, no silverware. And we didn't know what to do. There's this pile of this doughy thing we didn't know what it was and we just decided we have to watch what everyone else does right. you just take it and get your food was that a hard thing to do I, I gotta eat this with my hands it was a little awkward yeah. because you know we didn't know what we were doing and now of course we've done it many many times right. so yeah okay. now, was there any adjustment as far as your metabolism and the, the diet there or? I don't remember that uh they do love their pepper sauce, so that means that there's um, a lot of hot, uh, hotter type uh-huh. of foods, which we've actually adjusted to. And if we don't have pepper sauce, we feel like the food is bland now. Really? We've adjusted to that. But <laughs> yeah. So now, now, what about medical? Is, is do we have modern medical facilities? And yeah, yeah, I think that you would have. Um, there's government medicine and hospitals and clinics which are are free and covered, and there's private. Uh And so for us, we usually usually go to some private doctors, private clinics. Uh, We're able to know a little bit more of what we're getting since we're there for a long term. But are they fairly modern? Yeah, especially... uh First Church of the Open Bible, the the large Open Bible Church in San Fernando, uh, has uh, has a medical center that it's built, okay. uh, which is very modern. And am I saying that right? And so we uh, we've gone there now for a while, and uh, you know the longer you're in a country, uh, we know doctors now, we know people who do lots of different mm-hmm. things, and so we're able to navigate much better right. now. But now, do you have insurance that's Trinidadian, or is it you have American insurance? How, no, how you, um, people that travel around the world are, are viewed as expats, 
whether it's for business or even as missionaries. And so we had to get expat insurance okay. from the States. So it's insurance that'll cover us when we're here in the States or when we're in another country. And generally what you have to do is you have to pay for something and then submit it to insurance and they reimburse you. But now how do you do that if you don't have if it's That's not it's, always it's, easy. Yeah, I guess it it's just a depends. major thing to have it at cash. Yes. That would they turn you away? Yes. They would. Yeah. So, wow, yeah. that's a that's a yeah, new you, twist of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to have the cash. Up. Is that right? Now, uh, uh, open Bible. If in an emergency, would they be there? To, They'd be there for us. Yeah, to, sure. To take care of that type of thing. Yeah, I mean, okay. we would work something out. But yeah. but typically, you if you have insurance that is not that's from outside the country, you're putting out the cash first and okay. getting reimbursed. There are there are there is expat insurance that would often have maybe a hospital or or certain doctors and you can only go there and they may submit insurance for you but you have no guarantee in every country that there's going to be that now what about transportation did you buy a vehicle or you rent a vehicle how do you how do you get around we for uh for the first several months we uh we had one loan to us and then we uh and then we rented it and then we had to eventually buy something, so okay. we, we bought a van. So as you began to look around, you said, okay, this area, this city seems to be the, the best for what we're looking to do. Is it, is, how did you finally find the places you're renting now? Uh, the, we began by finding what we could afford. Okay. And when you first go to a country, the things you're looking for is what does it cost? Is it safe? Because we have no way of knowing about the country uh, there may be places that we know about but so you want a place that looks safe and maybe there's other expats who are in the area but you're looking for something you where you feel like you can have your family and things yeah also our cultural interpreters helped us out as well because okay. they knew what places would be safe for us because i think of, they were more concerned about things than we were yeah uh-huh. but no, the, the the place that you've described where you're where you're working out of uh, mm-hmm. it's a pretty good sized house yes, it it is. Yeah, we had a yeah. we, we had a pastor who was looking out for us and and really brought this up and had this recommendation and the people that were remodeling it started remodeling it with us in mind. Oh, really? As it, wow. So it's it's almost like a small guest house. Uh-huh. And so it gives us, we have like uh, two different kitchens and the rooms are all self-contained. But you said there was two houses. Right. Now, was that all a part of the original thing or did you rent the house next door? No. No. The, what it is is like, if you think of a big house, but there's upstairs and downstairs. Uh-huh. And it's not like there's a... A stairway inside the house to go upstairs. It's outside, so they're they're totally separate. Although they're part of the same, oh, it's all one building. It's all one. Building. Okay, because when you said two houses, I'm thinking two buildings. So it's, so it's two houses, but one on top of well, the other. She, exactly. She's communicating more like uh, we would in Trinidad. <laughs> <laughs> in the states, we say one building, two right. floors, but they're not. They're not connected. You have to go outside to they go have their into own the entr- other one. entrances. Okay. Okay. It's built on the side of a hill, so they dug underneath the one house and they just built two houses, a house on top okay. of another. All right, now let's let's go back and do this. Make sure that people know how to get in touch with you if you if you've been listening to the broadcast and you say, "Hey, I'd, I'd like to get involved with these folks." 
Give them the website again, Sister Pam. SGL-Trinidad.com. And okay. it's we just redid it in the last couple of years, so they should be able to navigate easily when they get there if they want to come on a missions trip. Or we have a month-long uh, missions and discipleship uh, trip that's called Taste and See Trinidad every July and October. And then we train missionaries. So well, what you're saying to the radio audience here, if somebody was interested in having training to be a missionary. If, if you think maybe this is the way God's leading you, mm-hmm. then you have that to provide for, yes, for somebody. Yep, we do. Also, uh, if you just want to go take a team, yes. uh, what would be the size of the team? What's the largest you could take? You know, we have had probably up to 25. Okay. Um, okay. I think 15 to 20 is a is a real doable number. Okay. Um, if there was a team much larger than that, then we know we would probably split it and we'd have two different locations where they were staying okay. and then we would organize times when they would come together for ministry. And what is the uh, wait time? In other words, the time they contacted you to where your schedule would be clear, how long do you think it would take? I don't think that's always what the issue is. Usually, churches or individuals, it takes them a while to put a team together. The issue for us is simply... Uh, when do they want to do it? And the only obstacle there is if we're not in the country or we have, we have other teams scheduled. Team right, 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 right. So yes. if they if they contact us, there's always dates that are open. Okay. And then the other thing, if for anybody who may want to support uh, the the Lombards, they're in Trinidad. Uh, you said they could go to the website, yes. and there's a I guess Place PayPal type of type of thing there, or whatever you would call it. Mm-hmm. There, there's a link on there. Okay. But some people are like me. I'd rather send a check. <laughs> and so that would be to the headquarters in here in America. Yes. Yeah. And there's a, on the website, they'll find an address. Okay. And if they're confused, they can just send us a note and we'll do that. Or they can get a hold of, of you, Pastor Jack, here in Tallahassee. Right. And right. you'll take care of all your listeners. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, all the funds goes through the headquarters in Des Moines, yes, right? Yes, yes, And so you, you have accountability. That gives us good Absolutely. accountability. It's, right. it's uh, IRS deductible. You know. Right. And they'd probably send you statements every year yes. as far as your contributions yes. and Absolutely. all that type of thing. So, so mm-hmm. you know, everything is, is above board legit. Absolutely. And so, you know, you're you're dealing with reputable people here. Yes. And, so, and again, I, I encourage the radio audience to uh, so help support them because this is all kingdom business and they're over there they're, they're doing a work for the Lord and not only for the Trinidadians but for Americans or any other culture that wants to go and, and learn and grow and missionaries and, and Trinidad is, is a type of place from what I understand that if you have aspirations to go other places later this is a good place to go learn this is a good first step for people Right, yes, right. It is. Because it really there's some is. cultures that would be more sensitive and that type of thing, and you might not want to just try that right off. <laughs> you know, right. take and the baby steps. And here. it's not drastically different. There are clearly things you have to adapt to, but it's a good first step for a lot of people. Right. Mm-hmm. I tell you what, this has been fun having you guys that be here. And I hope that you, you're coming back through Tallahassee again. We can do this again and get, get updates as to what's happening in Trinidad, that type of thing. But we always close the uh, broadcast out with prayer. Father, I'm just thankful that you have people like the Lombards who are uh, answering the call. God spoke to them, called them out of a ministry here in America, and has sent them to Trinidad. Lord, we pray over that ministry. We pray, Father God, that you would bless them. 
Lord, that you continue to use them, Father God, and many would be trained and equipped to, to go into missions or wherever you would call them to be. And Father God, we pray for the nation of Trinidad. Father, we also yes. pray for America. We pray, God, for revival, for the hand of God upon us, Father. And Lord, we just give you glory and praise. And Father, we pray for peace in the city of Jerusalem. And all these things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It's been great to have you guys here. Thank you Thank so much. You. It's been great. And we invite you to come back and be with us again. Thank we'll you. We'll enjoy that. And until next Sunday morning, may the Lord bless you.